Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? And who might you be? Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> well, welcome along. It's the... Uh, Sorry, can we add, one of those... uh, just to yeah. just embellish further, that's a new thing yeah. that we're... Can we also follow yeah. that with... And how are you today? And then leave quite a long okay. chunk up to a minute of silence. Right, okay. Which encourages the listener to share right. how they're feeling. So we just do that now. We'll go back to. And who, go, let's who go right be. back to the beginning. Very beginning. All right. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Papa Pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? And, and who, who might, might you be? be? And how, how are you today? Okay, all right. We didn't ask you a fucking yeah, nice that's, story. That's long enough, let's get. Yeah. Let's go on with today's show. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not about you. It's about it's, us. It's about us. Come on. All right. Uh, yeah, this is another one of those um, standalone episodes that we're putting out uh, while one or both of us are away on holiday. Mm. Uh, we're not prepared to divulge our movements, <laughs> dates, times, locations, etc. Uh, it's a dangerous world out there, especially in the world of the cyber and the AI. Yeah. And the uh, the online stalker. So, um, yeah. But we're both having a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. I'd imagine we are, yeah. So, yeah, it's another one of the episodes we're going to do, look at some uh, standalone individual subjects today. Um, and you'll not be surprised by this listener. This one's been suggested by Sam himself. It is the uh, the dentist chair celebration uh, during Euro 96 which, of course, was the best time of Sam's life. Um, mm, I, and it's, I think I said it was the best time in the history of Britain. Well, not of Britain, England. Yeah, I just feel that it's representative of a moment. In like, you know, Euro 96 was a great moment, wasn't it? But, like, that mm. moment within that, the dentist chair was the moment where everything came to I, I really, I really mm-hmm. think that things have all been downhill since that exact moment of the dentist chair. Yeah. So I I began um dating my future wife and mother of my children um the I think it was the the day after the first match of Euro ninety six. Against the first game against Switzerland, a game I attended. In Switzerland. Very boring game. Yeah. Very boring. Mm. Um and I'd suggest that it's not a great time to start dating someone if you're really into a football tournament <laughs> because they're not going to understand. That, that that's were... true. i tell you something funny, actually. I was round at my brother's house the other day and I had, I've got this T-shirt. I wore it on tour. It just says 1996 on it, right? Mm. 
and um, my sister-in-law said to me, that's a nice T-shirt. I said, thanks. She said, good year, wasn't it, 96? And I said, oh, it was the best. Best year, wasn't it? Euro 96, best year ever. And she was like, it was, yeah. She went, that was when I started dating your brother. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that would have been, when, you know, that first time I met you was it was, mm. it was 96. She went, yeah, I mean, she went, my brother was stood there. She went, to be honest, it was such a great time, wasn't it, the mid-90s, 96. Sometimes I sort of think maybe maybe I was just too carried away with the euphoria of the times. And I said, what did my brother, what do you mean? She went, well, you know, it was like, I suppose I was vulnerable to, to anything <laughs> seemed like a good idea at that moment. <laughs> And he said, are you saying that you only started dating me because of Euro 96? (laughs) She was like, well, kind of, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, But they've been married for years. They've got... They've got two lovely children, so I suppose you know whatever works. If it if it was that she was just yes. swept up in Euro '96 euphoria and everything that went alongside it, yeah, then that was yeah. just the universe taking care of them both. Yeah, yeah I guess so. And we we, we were on it together for about eight months. We split up, got back together a few years later. So right? I did the same thing again during. I did the same thing again during France '98. No, got, got involved with a woman during France '98 as well. Yeah, a different woman. Yeah. And 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 then after that woman, you got back together with Mrs. Euro ninety six. Yeah, and then we had we had kids. Okay, right. right. Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe I just get the, the was, tournament horn. What tournament sound? was going on is? when you got divorced? <laughs> what tournament was going on when we got divorced? I'm trying to figure out the date. It was just before. No, there wasn't. There wasn't a tournament going on. Oh well, that might see. That's the problem. You have one of those years where there's no Euros or World Cup, the, the and that's usually that, that's a difficult time. That's when bad things can happen. Mm. Yeah, well, it's all history now. It's all water under the bridge, I suppose. It is, yeah. But um, interesting stuff, uh, and it may it may have been that you did did. And when you got just one last thing, I, we're not going to dwell on your relationship with your ex-wife. But did when you got back together with her eventually, mm-hmm. was that during a tournament? Was that during Euro two thousand, for example? No, no, we got back together. <laughs> we got back together. I think it was two thousand and one. Right, another fallow and year. Then fallow year, but then <laughs> we briefly split up what? during World Cup two thousand and two. No, <laughs> yeah, pre kids. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. It's all documented by tournaments. Yeah. Well, these life is, you know, and that's why I chose this. This is like, this is the sort of, you know, type of episode topic that people who who have been into Top Flight Time Machine right from the beginning might have expected us to have tackled in 2018, where we were much more straightforward in the sort of things that (laughs) we we, we tried to examine. Um and you know we've gone we've gone in all sorts of strange directions since then. So it, it's strange that we've chosen the dentist chair as opposed to just saying, you know, paving stones, for example. That which mm. maybe make a note of that. That could be another that might be cool. deep, That's good. deep that dive episode. Cool. Paving yeah. stones are interesting. Um, but no, I thought go for it because you know it's not just about the football. It's about those moments, and it is a moment that you know everyone and we will get we will definitely get emails about this some of them will be interesting some of them Mm -hmm. will be not interesting 
Mm. All of them will be people telling us what they were doing, what meaningful events were happening at this moment in time during Euro 96, what they were doing when the dentist chair happened. They'll send emails, will they? There'll be emails. There'll There'll be tweets, maybe some Instagram DMs, and Pictures. mainly emails people going oh yeah because i was just i was a student at like in leeds and it was a great yeah. time i was working behind the bar of this at that stage i'll shut oh, my computer down um yeah. anyway uh, do you want me to read what the, the daily star which is pretty much to my mind the best newspaper in britain right now I'm going to have to answer the door before you okay. do that. Yeah. You can read it out if you want. I'll keep the headphones on. No, I want you to hear it. I can hear it. Oh, okay, cool. Right, uh, this is like a couple of years ago. I don't know why, why they did it. Maybe it was an anniversary. Inside England's infamous dentist chair party, which sparked outrage ahead of Euro 96. England... Bloody hell, that's, that's some loud fucking doorbell he's got up there, isn't it? Jesus. That's like, I tell you what, when someone fucking rings your door, you know it's been yeah. fucking ringed, mate. Well, well, I do, because Oscar goes yeah. into a fucking frenzy. I'm not surprised. So, yeah. I nearly went in a frenzy. That was oh, like, sounded anyway. like St. Paul's Cathedral on a fucking, on the Queen's wedding day. Right. That's oh, beautiful, isn't it? Inside England. On, yeah, this is, this is just, this is almost like the, the prologue, because this is about the dentist chair. If, if you're a youngster and you weren't around back then, and you you know you perhaps don't know everything about dentist chair. What happened was we were staging Euro '96 here in the UK. For some reason, Terry Venables, who was basically like it was the, in England, Sam, not the UK. Yes, yeah, sorry, the 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 Arthur <laughs> Daly of football, uh, Terry Venables, who was a fantastic football manager, but mm-hmm. uh, not the sort of you know kind of technocrat who you get nowadays. Right, was he? He was. He was a very. He managed in Spain. There was a, there was a, a very, Latin thread. Very exotic. And he was, was also the coach. He wasn't the manager. Yeah, it remember. was mad though. Like I remember vividly modern. when he became the England manager, because throughout my lifetime as a football fan, until that point, people had always there was just anyone who was into football and was all right and wasn't like, I don't know, fucking weirdo. Everyone just it was accepted that Terry Venables was the best English football coach around, but he would never be England manager because he was regarded as too much of a wide boy. He was too much of a character. He he was, yeah. The thing is, you know, organisations, especially back then, like the Football Association, let's see anyone who's not deadly dull as a loose cannon. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't well, really Brian a loose was cannon. for the job, wasn't he? Brian Clough should have got the job eight years Brian before. Brian Clough should have got the job. He, he I mean, years before, Brian Clough was a loose cannon. To me, yeah. someone like Terry Venables was just someone who was had a personality and was a bit of a laugh. And yeah. boring people were often threatened by that. And I go, oh, he's a loose cannon. He's not a loose cannon. He'd managed fucking... He'd managed Barcelona, one of the biggest clubs in the world. You can't do that successfully if you're a loose cannon. It's just that he wasn't but he deadly had a, he dull. He had a nightclub and he used to sing there. Yeah, so, but, you know, okay, that's not yeah, right. exactly. People think, oh, God, he's crazy. There's nothing crazy about that. That's just fucking having a good time. He's a good singer. What? You don't want so you, look, you don't want anyone in this job who's capable of feeling joy or having fun. Yeah, stuffed shirts no, at the we, FA we, at we don't want game. anyone like that. We don't, yeah, we don't like people who have fun. We don't like people who experience pleasure. 
The blueprint of the England manager is Sir Alf Ramsey and always will be. Yeah, exactly. So, so, no, so it was always just said, oh, he, he's the best, but they, you know, it's impossible they'll ever give it to him. And you always thought oh, it'll be fucking Howard Wilkinson or some like. Mm. Mind you, he was a loose cannon as well as it transpired, fucking but we didn't know like that at the time. Fucking hell. Right. But anyway, after things went so fucking pear shaped under Graham Taylor. Very bad period for England football. Largely, though, I mean, people at the time blamed Taylor, but actually it was a bad time for English football in terms of there wasn't a generation of particularly good players. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't that many good players around because all the sort of legends of the 80s, Brian Robson and Peter Shilton and Terry Butcher and even Hoddle, Wilkins, they'd all like, they're all... Gary Stevens, Trevor (laughs) Stevens. Yeah, they were all getting past it, right? Christ. They were all getting past it, and there wasn't really much of a new generation. There was, you know, there was Platt, Gascoigne, and a couple of, other, and so it went badly. So suddenly, almost like in a state of midlife crisis, the FA just thought, Do "You know what? Fuck it. Let's hire Venables." And <laughs> I remember how it was done. You know, remember Jimmy Armfield? Jimmy Armfield. Yes. They got him. They appointed him. They said, "We want you to go and talk to everyone in English football and beyond." Mm. And establish who the right man for this job is. They made him the headhunter, didn't they? And they made him a headhunter. Yeah. So Jimmy Armfield went off to do this. And he interviewed every other coach in the country and even foreign coach and everything. And he came back. He said, everyone says the same name. Venables. And they're all... Jimmy, blah, blah, Jimmy blah, blah. Armfield. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, for anyone a bit younger, used to be... Well, he was a former player, obviously. But he used to be a summariser during commentary matches on Five, Five Live. Live, yeah. And he was great. He, he was great, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but, but when what was his era as a player? Why was Jimmy Armfield? I think twenty sixties, I reckon. And why did they ask Jimmy Armfield to be the headhunter? Because he was good on Five Live. I think. Right. Okay. Great. That's fair enough. <laughs> I can imagine, like, you know, if they had to do it tomorrow, I, I you know, I, you know, I could imagine saying to Gary Neville, "Will you go and find the right yeah, person?" So, sort of like that. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy Armfield played between nineteen fifty four and nineteen seventy one for Blackpool. That's, That's it, no it. one else. Okay, right. One club, man. Yeah. <laughs> we need someone to identify the biggest job in English football. Who is the man who we shall get to be kingmaker? Well, I think there's only one candidate for the job. Jimmy Armfield, formerly of Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> he has backblo- backbone. He played only for Blackpool and Blackpool only. And then they come back. Uh, he comes back, he says Venables. And I reckon they were like fucking livid about it. They go, no, no, no. We didn't, we didn't hire you and pay all this money to come back with a name like Venables. The man owns yeah, a nightclub. Yeah. The man owns a discotheque. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be managing England. You'll be spending too much time on the radio with those disc jockeys. The de- with the Noel Edmondses of this world and the other loose cannons <laughs> in the entertainment industry. <laughs> um, so he said Venables and they hired Venables. Cut to the tournament's coming up and Venables decides to take them all off to fucking Hong Kong for some reason for a pre-tournament <laughs> Well, we're not playing up. a tournament there. Was there, was there not a, pre, a yeah, pre-tournament? Yeah, but it's pretty mad. I reckon Venables was like, this sounds yeah. good. Best way to prepare for a tournament against European opposition that's being played in our own country is to travel to the other side of the world and play a bunch of friendlies against fucking teams like Thailand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why? But we can, we can go on the piss as well while we're there because nobody will notice. Well, clearly, out of sight, out of mind. That's what they thought. Um, and it didn't turn out that way because he took them all on tour 
and basically someone in a nightclub, I don't think it was press, I think it was a punter had a camera, took a picture of all the players right. on the piss. They were doing, Gaza was doing something called the dentist chair, standing around him. The prominent ones were Steve McManaman and Teddy Sheridan, weren't they? Was it Steve McManaman mm-hmm. whose T-shirt was all torn? The, the shirts were ripped up. Yeah, Jamie Redknapp was there as well, wasn't he? That's what made it I'm look at thing extra, about it extra brilliant fun. Because yeah. all of their T-shirts were ripped to fuck. And you sort of thought, wow, that's really good fun. I mean, I would have been 21. And you're still at an age where you think, you know, you've had a good night if everyone's T-shirts have been ripped. Like you've all been scrapping yeah. or doing something fucking equally daft. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Jalapeño. And so these pictures were captivating. And when the headlines say it sparked outrage, the truth is... It was 1996. This outraged none of us. No one was outraged. Yeah. Journalists will use that word because they John think our angle, will, on our angle will be that people are disgusted by these antics. Mm-hmm. But especially then, especially back in those days, there would have been nothing but absolute fucking excitement when we, the boys back home, picked up our copy at the mirror, right, or whatever paper, and saw these lads off their fucking tits in a bar in Hong Kong having fucking alcohol poured down his throat in the dentist chair well, position. Y- you say that there wouldn't have been any outrage. I think among a certain generation and a certain age group, there will have been outrage. Oh, yeah, the older but not people. not among us. No, but the yeah. fans who were... The, 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 we were the lads who Euro 96 was for. That we Right. It was the it likes of you and generation. I and our mates, <laughs> right? That's what Euro 96 right. was for. No one knows what anyone else thought. I don't know what my dad thought of Euro 96. I mean, You'll I can guess. Him. He can guess. He would have watched all the games. And I remember, actually, 
him and his brothers, their whole thing is always England is shit, England is shit, England are a joke. I support anyone other than England. And they all, they're all <laughs> fucking half Irish, so they'll all make a big deal of supporting Ireland or whatever. Right. And then I remember seeing him and his brother the day after we'd beaten Holland 4 1. And I was like, what do you mm. think now? And they were like, oh, come off it. Holland was shit. England are a joke. We'll go out. We'll get thrashed in the next round and all the rest of it. So there's no winning with those people. They weren't in the spirit of Euro 96. They were too old. But yeah. Euro 96 was for me and you and all the lads like us. And when we saw them having the dentist chair in Hong Kong, we were like, oi, oi. <laughs> and that's what <laughs> kick-started that summer, right? It was absolutely great. And uh, actually, the picture of the actual <laughs> dentist chair itself is Teddy Sheridan, right? And he's having one bottle of tequila and another bottle of maybe mm, rum or something. And they're being poured simultaneously. And I think, and Robbie Fowler, if you look at the picture I'm looking at, I don't know if you've got, I'll send you the article I'm looking at, Andy. Robbie Fowler is looking on with, I mean, eyes of, of the devil himself. Like the scowl yes, of the I'm devil. I'm looking at the same one, yeah. Yeah, the scowl of the devil himself, the grin. And I can't... Who's, what, the, who's pouring that it in? Is Sheringham in the chair? Sheringham's in the chair. And... That, that looks like David Seaman pouring the drinks. No, David Seaman would have not... He's the one in that the squad like who David I think Seaman's would have eyes. been... A, oh, in, the, oh, in the previous... No, it's, it's, it's Ian Walker. <laughs> Walks? It's Ian what Walker. What are you doing, Walks? Oh, it's his Tottenham teammate, isn't it? That's yeah. what's going on here. They're both yeah, talking to it. Walks is fucking pouring it in, and Fowler just looks like he's never been so wickedly delighted in his whole life. Yeah, doesn't he? He's having a fucking time of his life. The other guy who's in the picture above, like when they're all with their t-shirts torn and everything, Sheringham. By the way, what a torso! What a torso <laughs> Sheringham is sporting. Can you see how buff he is? Yeah, he looks like Action yeah. Man, right? <laughs> Gaza, not so much. Look at them all. Right. McManaman, little bit skinny. I always thought he looked like Nicole Kidman. And look at that. You can see Darren Anderton in the background looking a bit confused. And in front of him, there's yeah. Steve Howie. Remember Steve Howie? Fresh yeah, from Newcastle's almost league Co- title winning season. A couple of my mates are in the same school class as Steve Howie. Is that right? In Newcastle, he's not from yeah. Sunderland or, or what? He's from Sunderland, yeah. Oh, he's from Sunderland. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Did he, he? He wasn't one of those lads who ended up playing for both teams, was he? No. No, he never played for us. Right, no. okay. he, he, he signed for them as a schoolboy and right. got a team quite young. And Traitor. Was uh, converted to the dark side. Yeah, well. But Lee, Lee he, Howie, Lee Howie, his brother, yeah. played for Sunderland in the latter stages of his career because he was kind of bouncing around non-league. And okay. then I think he kind of... He, he was working as a, a BT engineer for a while and then uh, right. we signed him um, and um, Lee Howie, Lee Howie, Lee Howie, your brother is a cunt was the <laughs> chant that used to You sung that at your own player. From the terraces. I don't know about you, but I'd, um, I'd allow myself a, a wry smile if uh, someone sung that to me about one of my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah. But like Steve Howie, uh, yeah, good player actually. Um, ball playing, quite quite good on the ball for a yeah. big lad at the back. Uh, he's there. I think you're right. Walks is pouring it down. Sheringham's loving it. Um, and that's the backstory to all of this. And 
obviously the papers loved this story and it was all like, ah, how dare they be getting drunk out of their minds, right? Um, and uh, so, but, you know... The, sun, the Sun's front page, it says here, was Gascoigne, focused on him, and the headline was, Disgrace Fool. <laughs> Arseholes. <laughs> Brackets, you are a criminal. <laughs> Paul Gascoigne, you are a criminal. Um, and uh, so everyone went mad. And then what happened was uh, we played Scotland in the group stages of the tournament. Once it kicked off, we'd had a board draw against Switzerland in the opening round. In the opening round, which I'd gone through, it was shit. It was one all. Everyone was like, "England is shit. We're never going to fucking do anything in this tournament." Next day, Andy started dating his future wife because he's found himself in such a existential malaise as a result of the boring display <laughs> yeah. against Switzerland. He's accidentally entered into a new relationship right at the start of a fucking <laughs> tournament, which is schoolboy stuff. But let me tell you, schoolboy if you'd seen yeah. the England-Switzerland game, you'd understand how it happened. <clears throat> he wasn't thinking straight. <laughs> well, I bumped into her in the street in the early hours of the Saturday morning, oh, so I ended up going nice. into a nightclub afterwards after watching the match in the pub. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah. And then the re- yeah okay well so you're in this relationship and the next thing that happens is we play Scotland now by this stage you're mm. dating and yeah. uh, you've presumed and I remember this was an afternoon game because the day before I'd been up to Liverpool with my cousin to watch Italy play at Anfield against I think Germany Germany or. Czech Republic I went to all of Italy's group games weirdly because my cousin came over and right. uh, we had to get up next morning very hungover and get back to London to my uncle Simon's house to watch England versus we had to get back in time to watch England versus uh, Scotland and we got there just in time got through the door sat down cracked open a beer and then well we were one nil up weren't we and then they got a penalty Seaman yeah. saved the penalty by McAllister and almost immediately, because, because was it immediate? The, well, the, the, the penalty, the mm. ball slightly moved before McAllister struck it and it was Yuri Ooh. Geller who oh, claimed yeah. to have moved Yuri the Geller, ball. he moved it with his mind. Yeah, that was good. With good. Mind, well well that's done. What, that's what helped Seaman to save it. And well then done. 60 seconds later... Yuri Geller would be someone who we may want to uh, look at in one of these episodes. Um, so Yuri Geller moved the ball... Gary McAllister miscued it. Seaman saved it. And then within moments, didn't Seaman kick the ball upfield and, and Gaza basically took the ball, flicked it over Colin Hendry's head mm-hmm. and uh, then volleyed it out of the sky first time. Out of the sky, but but along the ground as well. Yeah. It was, you know what I mean? It was, it was the most sweetly struck. Stroked it in. Yeah. I mean, volley. it was... When you look at... When young lads, when you're talking about any young lads watching, and you talk about technique, watch that. You, it doesn't. It doesn't get any better. It was true. I mean, the, the technique was. I mean, you know, as you know, we've bickered about this. I, I think as was overrated. But when he, you know, moments like that are just magical. But what was more magical was what happened afterwards because Gaza scored unquestionably the greatest goal of that tournament, possibly one of the greatest goals of all time. And he ran over and rather feel, feel, think to himself, well, this is a relief because finally I've done something positive that may 
shut the door, close the chapter on um, the dentist chair incident. No, not Gaza. Instead, he ran over to the side of the pitch, lay back in the dentist chair position, and the rest of the players gathered round and reenacted the <laughs> dentist chair with water bottles. Uh, and I can't tell you how gleeful this made me sitting at my uncle Simon's yeah. house. I was just <laughs> yeah. like, I already felt that nineteen, the summer of nineteen ninety six was like. I kind of sensed it. I thought, Sam. I thought life's not going to get any better than this. Everything in the world is going great right now. Right, everything is fun. Every day you wake up to a new excitement and adventure, and now this, it was wonderful and it was it was beautiful the way it was just like karmic comeback and revenge to the a the stuffed shirts at the fa and yeah. b the tabloids and everybody that got the hump about those pictures from hong kong yeah and it was just like fuck you I, but i do feel that that if you'll forgive me another one of my you know fucking shit cultural commentaries i feel that that no, was no. that some for it. that summed up the moment mate because in those days the reason i talk about that era is that there was it did feel as if scum and urchins right who just wanted to have a bit of a laugh sort of had license to do that in the mid 90s a little bit more and there was well, a collective was collect- era wasn't it, it? was yeah 96. there was a collective sense of do you know what Fuck off, you boring cunts. We're just trying to live our best lives while we're, we're young. Just having a laugh. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and Gaza doing that. Do you know what he did, mate? Here's a phrase I don't use often, but it's a fucking cracking phrase. I might oh. get it wrong. He cocked a snoop at the establishment. He cocked did he a, say snoop? I think he cocked a snoop. It's a snook, isn't it? He cocked a snook. He cocked, cocked a, fucking, a snook. He cocked yeah. a fucking snook, mate. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm just going to. I wonder where that derives from. But he's. He, I tell you, mate. He, yeah. <laughs> um, cocked a snook. Uh, today we're looking at the phrase cocked a snook and we'll be talking about it for 45 minutes. To make a rude gesture by putting one thumb to the nose with the fingers of the hand outstretched. <laughs> That's oh. one definition. The second definition is to show contempt by being insulting or offensive. Consider this snook Hello, well and welcome to cocked, the sir. and welcome to cocking a snook, the brand new podcast <laughs> from the makers of No Such Thing as a Cunt. <laughs> yeah, he cocked uh, a, he cocked a fucking snook that did. day, mate. I can't think. Of, I cannot think of a better cocking of the snook to uh, you know the forces of conservatism um, and convention and all the other fucking dull things that try to constrain us. And the the thing was as well, <clears throat> it wasn't just a thing the Gazer had decided to do. They they all agreed. Whoever scored, yeah, the goal was gonna. Um, who'd scored the first goal in that match? I think it was Shearer. I Why think, did Shearer I, not I, do I, the? I think the, this chair then. <laughs> yeah, because he's Shearer. <laughs> he's not in any of the pictures, is he? No, I won't be doing that. Uh, Alan, Alan, <laughs> yeah. Alan. Have you, have you heard the idea we've all had? We're going to reenact the dentist chair. Whoever scores first, it'll probably be you. So get ready. No. <laughs> Why not? It'd be really funny. We can cock a snook at the establishment. No, no. I, w- I won't be doing that. No, no. I think it's, uh, to be honest, lads, I think it's infantile. And as for the establishment, I think they're great. I think that's what underpins the stability of this great nation. And the last <laughs> thing I want to do is upset them. Come on, Alan, don't yeah. be a cunt. I am going to be a cunt, sorry. 
that's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> ask that fucking, yeah. ask that disgraced fool, Gaza, to do yeah. it. <laughs> Gaza, Gaza later said there were about nine of us who did the dentist chair in Hong Kong, but obviously being the person I am, I'm the one who got hammered for it. For some reason, in the second game against Scotland, I just said, right, guys, whoever scores does the dentist chair. Unfortunately for me, it was me. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think the entire team was signed up to doing it. It was like, and, um, it, and it was me, and the goal I scored was a, was like one of the best goals ever. Absolute worldy. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't have been the same if you yeah. just scored a tap, a tap in, would it? And I, and I didn't even need to break stride from where I scored it to get to the edge of the pitch and lie down. Everything, and let the dentist chair everything perfect. was absolutely perfect. Um, it was, and yeah, there's a great there there's a great story behind it here in the Star, which, as I was starting to say earlier, the Star I think has become the best newspaper in Britain. I don't buy any newspapers at the moment, yeah. But when I see the Star every day, they do a front page that is <clears> fucking <throat> hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, big up the Star. Yeah. So is that it? That's the dentist chair then, We've yeah? We've done 30 minutes. That's enough. We've done the dentist chair. Yeah. Brilliant. We'll be doing something else in a few days, I think, if we haven't run out of these already. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.